Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for... Tuesday, April 19th, 2022, a Widow Wednesday on a Tuesday. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the rogue one at Gary Widow. Good morning. Great day in the morning. It's a see, you're tell us what's going on. Kevin showed up, he asked how you're doing. You had a whole you had a pip in your step, and Kevin's like, What's going on? You're never this happy, and you're never this I happy. honestly, I honestly don't know what that's what that's about. Kevin, I woke up this morning feeling like I was in a fairly average which is to say meh mood but kevin it, I, after after hearing like one sentence out of my my mouth immediately concluded that i'm in some kind of i'm on top of the world type mood i know where he's getting it from because i don't i, I yeah, that's I all it takes that's all it normal. takes when when i when you know someone as well as i know you that's all yeah 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 i mean i you listen know? i mean i'm I, i'm you've got me questioning myself because i feel like you might know me better than i know myself like, i don't feel like i'm in a good mood mm. but if you tell me that i am I have to, I have to, I have to take that on board and, and consider, maybe I am, maybe, maybe you know me better than I know myself. What's I tried some kind of new the... bullshit matcha drink. A friend of mine. Oh, was like, there it is. All right. You got the a juice. Friend, a friend of mine you. started drinking this matcha drink that he swears by. And he's not one of those things that he's become like this kind of self-appointed evangelist for it. Sent uh-huh. me a whole case of it saying this, this drink one of these in the morning. It would, It'll change your whole perspective. So I had one it this did. morning. <laughs> maybe it's changed. Maybe it's changed my whole perspective. <laughs> Was it good? Yeah, I liked it actually. Like a macadamia nut green tea matcha mm. kind of bullshit, you know, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it was it good. good. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for you. I'm glad you're in a good spot. I have plenty of exciting new announcements to talk about. Like. Star Wars, Episode 69, The Return of Amy Hedig, uh, Crazy Taxi, and Jet Set Radio might be getting reboots, and you are going to be getting Xenoblade Chronicles sooner than expected. We'll talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news need know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in to be part of the show. You can squad up. You, of course, can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. You get a bevy of benefits like those and watching live as we record shows like PS I Love You XOXO, The Games Cast, and, of course, The Kind of Funny X Cast, starring Gary Witta and two other jabronis. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. Of course, you can get every episode of Kind of Funny Games daily for free on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe of course you would get ads you wouldn't get the post show you couldn't write in but you still have a great time listening to us drone on about video games if you like listening to us drone on about video games and you like telling us you're wrong you should be watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games as we record the show if you are of course you have a special job to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games like i already said now housekeeping 
let's talk about two needs that we have that are great. Number one, kind of funny wrestling needs you. Kevin, I have a link to toss up there right now. Uh, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, episode three of KFW Midday Mayhem is live. If you haven't been paying attention, kind of funny wrestling is us, uh, me and Snowbike Mike, taking AI uh, versions of all the kind of funny casts that have been built by the audience and making them wrestle for our amusement. We have storylines, belts, and so much more. Uh, we have just started putting these as broken out, polished segments up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games episode three just posted this morning it would mean a lot if you went there watched it thumbs it up gave a little comment whatever the hell you do but share it with your friends it's some of the best stuff we've done in a long time people seem to be really enjoying it how am i doing in that how are you doing in that yeah uh you haven't made a grand debut yet i didn't expect the roster to fill up as much as it did gary so you were in the battle royale to see if you could be the champion milk mommy won it milk mommy's the world champion and you have done x cast related things in terms of you paris and mike being teamed up together and stuff but you haven't had your big moment yet i am working on an angle for you don't worry yeah come up with come up with a good storyline for me you got it. Don't worry. Of course, you can go watch right now. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Watch all three episodes and get caught up for tom- or tomorrow. Next week's pay-per-view uh, we'll be doing on Monday, of course. Uh, April Anarchy, where it all comes to a head and we see who will be the world champion between Johnny Ace and the Milk Mommy. We will see who will be the kind of funny Twitch champion between Alana Pierce, Joey Noel, and Elise Willems. And, of course, I will beat the hell out of Khalif Adams in Hell in a Cell. Uh, on top of that, Jen and I need you. Uh, we're doing a charity stream tonight, 8 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Uh, Jen and I have a son named Benjamin, as you might know. Uh, what you might not know is that Benjamin's birth was incredibly hard and chaotic and terrifying and very traumatic because nothing went right on a number of different fronts and the woman who got us through it was a woman named molly who was our doula who was a, a godsend and you know held me while i cried and you know helped jen while she cried uh molly has been diagnosed with cervical cancer uh, she needs money of course because she's self-employed in the united states so we will be raising money tonight uh twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you could show up hang out with me and jen uh, we're gonna play some games together talk about why molly's so important and then hopefully uh, bury her gofundme and make sure she doesn't have to worry about anything uh thank you to our patreon producers who of course take care of all of us fargo brady pranksy and anonymous today we're brought to you by credit karma but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the roper report for some seven items on the roper report a baker's dozen let's start with the big breaking news of the day, Gary, something I know you know a lot about, Star Wars, and a friend of both of ours, Amy Hennig. Amy Hennig has a new Star Wars game. That's right. You remember Amy Hennig, of course, for her other Star Wars game that got canceled and was a huge mistake to cancel. And what the hell are you people thinking? Uh, she's got another one. We're going to go to Polygon. Uh, Michael McWhorter writes, A new Star Wars game is in development at Skydance New Media, uh, the interactive studio founded in 2019 by game director Amy Hennig, Lucasfilm Games, and uh, Skydance announced Tuesday. It's a return to the Star Wars franchise for Hennig, who had previously worked with the franchise at EA's Visceral Games on an ambitious, parentheses, but ultimately canceled, project set in the galaxy far, far away. Skydance New Media describes its untitled Star Wars project as, quote, richly cinematic action-adventure game featuring an original story, but did not reveal specifics. No title, release date, or platforms were announced. Now, Gary, I'm going to drop this down here. I'm going to highlight that quote, because we're going to come back and talk about that, all right? You're talking about richly cinematic? You're talking about Amy Hennig. Anyway, I go to the here. Sorry, back to this. Quote, I've often described how seeing Star Wars in 1977 essentially rewired my 12-year-old brain, shaping my creative life and future indelibly, indelibly uh, Hennig said in the news release. 
I'm elated to work with Lucasfilm Games again to tell interactive stories in this galaxy that I love. Hennig co-founded Skydance New Media, a division of the production company best known for its work in film and, in film and television, with Julian Beek, a veteran of EA whose credits include Battlefield Hardline, Need for Speed, and Visceral Star Wars game. When the studio was revealed, it said it hoped to, quote, reach gamers and non-gamers alike on emerging streaming platforms with new story-focused interactive series that will employ state-of-the-art computer graphics to provide the visual fidelity of television and film, but with an active lean-in experience that puts the audience in the driver's seat, end quote. According to Tuesday's news release, Skydance New Media has since grown to include, quote, developers and artists with decades of AAA experience in action and adventure gaming, as well as a diverse team of creative consultants from worlds of film, television, games, and comics, end quote. Skydance Media announced its first project, an untitled Marvel game, last fall. Hennig and team described the project as, quote, a narrative-driven blockbuster action-adventure game featuring a completely original story and take on the Marvel Universe, end quote. Hennig's untitled Star Wars game joins at least five others in development. Five others in development with Lucasfilm Games. Those projects include <gasps> Quantic Dream Star Wars Eclipse, an open-world Star Wars adventure from Ubisoft Massive Entertainment, and three games from Respawn Entertainment, a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, and a new first-person shooter, and a strategy game co-developed with Bit Reactor, a studio founded by ex former XCOM developers. <sighs> Gary. You, of course, made headlines years and years and years and years ago, either on a Gamescast or I think it might have been a Games Daily, when you said, hey, I had seen Amy Hedig's uh, Star Wars game, and it was awesome, and it sucked that it got canceled. How excited are you for this announcement today? You know, maybe I'm in a good mood this morning because I like all the all the news. You usually, you know, I'm bracing myself for like some shitty Bobby Kotick-related sure. shenanigans or whatever. I actually got sure. two. I like both of this of today's top stories this one and and the one that i suspect is is coming after i feel like i'm, I'm like lord grantham on you ever watched Downton abbey you watched Downton abbey greg i started it and i liked the titanic episode and i just never came back i was like that was the first one i know you didn't get past the first episode no, oh my god no. you're missing out on the Downton abbey cinematic universe it's i watched so bridgerton good. now because they got the all the bridgerton is like the you know I mean? Downton abbey you gotta watch do you want the do you want the knockoff rolex from the guy on the street corner selling them well, out. This one is people thing. get naked in it, so it's pretty good. But Gary, do you did you like it after the car accident? Were you still into it? I didn't like. I didn't. I wasn't thrilled. About, okay. I, 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 let me tell you, Kevin. As soon as you, you see that car Thank coming you. the other way, you're like, "You motherfuckers! Yeah. You're not going to do this to yeah. us, are you?" Right? And of course, they do it. But the, the show went on to continue to be great after that. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a, a, a dick move, though. I didn't like it. Mm. But let me paint. Let me paint a, a, a word picture for you, Greg. I am Lord yeah. Grantham. Right, I am Hugh Bonneville sitting in my breakfast dining room in the morning, reading my big, you know, floppy newspaper, big paper, yeah, yeah. my big old newspaper as Carson brings me quail's eggs and, you know, hot buttered toast and, you sure. know, and, uh, you know, hot steaming cup, a pot of Darjeeling tea as I'm reading Have to. the headlines. And I'm like, good Lord, Sega is bringing back Crazy Taxi. And it's just like, it, but it's all good news. Like it's, sure. it's all like, I'm just thrilled with all of the news that I'm hearing. And particularly for Amy, this Star Wars, I got to admit it did, when I saw it this morning, like, I almost like did the spit take with the, with the matcha energy tea. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> what really? But like in a good way, like it's so rare to do good spit takes these days, but this was a good one because Amy, as, as you, as you of course know, Greg, as well as I do, Amy is not just one of the most talented, but one of the nicest people you'll meet in this business. And 100%. I was genuinely heartbroken for her as, as she was heartbroken when ragtag got canceled it, was, it made no sense at all like, and, and she uh, and she showed me some of that game and i was like man this would have been really good like why 
would they have why would they have pulled the plug on this and so we're making an uncharted in the star wars universe yeah that sounds fucking incredible why yeah it looked it looked fucking great it really really looked cool um and when i saw the story this morning my first thought was like wow i'm actually kind of surprised that amy is even emotionally willing to go back there you know because with the way that projects like this work like when you have been so kind of hollowed out and creatively heartbroken by something that you know put a lot of work and love and effort and it's star wars right so it's special to all of us like when the when the when the rug gets pulled out from under you it's heartbreaking so i sure. i wasn't even sure if like if given the opportunity she would want to like put that on the line again like put it like make herself like emotionally vulnerable in that way i know it sounds like bullshit but that's the way creatives think about this kind of stuff but i guess what makes the difference is the issue was never Star Wars. The issue was never Lucasfilm. It was fucking EA, right? Mm -hmm. It was EA that fucked it all up and EA that pulled the plug. They're no longer part of the picture. Amy is now ensconced with a very good group of people at Skydance. I know the Skydance people. They're great. I've worked with them. Um, obviously, Lucasfilm Games right now is doing, you know, great stuff um, and, you know, popping off all kinds of interesting different projects. And, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the Star Wars Star Wars in general, right, obviously, is there's oh, more yeah. Star Wars being made now than there ever was before, like just hours and hours and hours of television. Like in terms of just volume, there's just so much of it. Um, Can I ask a question on that front yeah. before we go any further? As somebody who wrote Star Wars, grew up with Star Wars, loved Star Wars, do you like that? Do you like that there's so much Star Wars everywhere? There's like a star or is it oversaturating or you're not, you know, I, mean? no, I, 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 I think that. I think there's there's a couple of interesting schools of thought on that. I do I do subscribe to the theory that for a long time, part of what made Star Wars special was its scarcity, right? It was this sure. unique, amazing thing that came out. You know, so I grew up in the original trilogy era, right? Where you got those three amazing movies, and there was basically a two or three, basically a three year wait between each one, right? 78, 77, 80, and eighty three, and then there was a massively long wait for anything new right the star wars basically just completely lay fallow for a long time and all we had was the you know the kind of the expanded universe you know the books the comics yeah. the video video games is really kind of what sustained Strong. us for a long time yeah. and then the prequels came along and that was a mixed blessing and then the jj movies and it's been you know it's it's been a roller coaster but now we're in a position where because tv is resurgent and lucasfilm seems to be having a lot of success in the TV space. Like people generally have liked the shows that they've made so far. And I suspect they're going to continue to like, you know, the, all, the, all the new ones that are coming out. Look Obi -Wan, like, man, come on. I mean, Obi-Wan looks exciting. The Rogue One show looks like it's, I, I know literally know nothing about it, but I assume it's going to be good. You know they, they do. They are doing good work right in TV right now. The quick, the quick, the, the question is like, because that scarcity goes away. Now star Wars is just like, in the air supply all the time like star wars star trek's the same right star wars like, there's so much of it at the moment that uh, there is an argument to be made i think that it maybe makes it less special that it's now just this ubiquitous thing that like when a star wars thing like you know when, when the prequels got announced and when the jj movie got announced everyone was like oh my god because star wars had, had been so scarce for so long the fact that it was coming back felt really special now when they announce like a new tv show or whatever people just go oh cool Right, it's not that they're it's not it's not that they're like dead inside to it, but they nobody like nobody's head explodes anymore because like sure. we now we now live in an environment where we just expect new Star Wars stuff all the time. Embarrassment um, of riches, right? There's just so yeah. much stuff all the time. But as long as as long as it you know it continues to be good, um, then I don't have a pro I don't I don't think you can have too much of a good thing, right? As long as it's all top quality stuff. The problem is, you know, do you do you ever allow you allow yourself to get to a point where you're making so much stuff? There's so much stuff in the pipeline that the quality starts to suffer. Sure. I personally don't think Lucasfilm would allow that to happen because Star Wars is too important to them and quality has always been 
you know, at the heart of it, um, in terms, at least in terms of the intention, um, that it's considered this kind of prestige crown jewel that you don't just like throw at any old crap. Like it's got, if you're going to do something, do it because it's good. Um, and, you know, I think that Amy coming back to this now fits that profile, right? You know, it's going to be good because, you know, you just like, you, you just, I mean, I would be willing to like bet my life savings right now that Amy's game is going to be good because she she doesn't miss like all her stuff is so good and again i saw enough of ragtag and i don't think this is going to be i don't think they're res resurrecting ragtag i think this will the be sheep whisperer writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says good morning greg and gary with scott ants media getting the green light to work on a new narrative driven action adventure star wars game with amy at the helm is there any possibility that project rat ragtag could be resurrected or is there too much red tape for that to happen Sheep Whisperer, there's way too much red tape for that to happen. I don't think EA is going to be like, here's all your shit back and go ahead and do it. And nor do I think Amy would want to do that. I think, you know, that was a vision for a, a game at a certain time. And now with her team, right, the new team they have, it's got uh, new media, uh, the new opportunities they have, the, you know, the, uh, the people who are now in charge of Lucasfilm games and all these different things, like, they want to start from scratch. They want to do their own thing. It'll be yeah. I, honestly, I don't think even if they said like, "Hey, like you can do anything you want," I don't think Amy's first choice would have been to like resurrect Ragtag. I think like as creatively fulfilling as it's going to seem, as it's going to feel for her, I'm sure to return to this and finally get to do her Star Wars game and contribute a piece to that universe. Um, I don't think she she would want to. Like, this is just my life. If I were her, I would not just want to like resurrect all the stuff that I'd done before. It'd be like, let's start with a clean slate. Yeah, we're doing Star Wars, but like, let's not bring all the baggage from the old game forward. Let's 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 have a new idea and do something fresh. So that's sure. that's that's my guess. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, just for right now, like I smiled when I saw the news today, just because again, given you know, I'm good friends with Amy. I've I again I saw what could have been, I saw up close how sad she was that she didn't get to you know, realize that that vision. Now she gets another chance, I think probably under better circumstances, because it won't be under the under the curse of EA. It does feel, don't you think, Greg, a little bit, a little bit like the universe correcting itself. Now, universe, just correct yourself with Hideo Kojima and Metal Gear. I digress. Number two on the Roper Report. Let's keep Gary Witta smiling. Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio are getting a reboot. Uh, we're going to go to Bloom Boom, where Takashi Mochizuki writes, Sega, 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 Sammy Holdings. They should just be as <laughs> Sega Sammy Holdings Incorporated is developed big is developing big budget reboots of its Dreamcast games, Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio, as it taps its back catalog in search of global hits like Epic Games Fortnite, according to people familiar with its plans. The two titles would be the first entries in Sega's Super Game Initiative, which the company announced a year ago as an effort to develop reoccurring revenue resources and build online communities around its software portfolio. Fortnite has become the role model for such games. Free to play, it's available across platforms, hosts large multiplayer contests, and includes extras like vehicles, construction, and social elements on top of the usual combat, spurring player purchases of in-game items. The new Crazy Taxi has already been in development for over a year, and the Tokyo-based entertainment group aims to release it within two to three years, people said, asking not to be named as the information is not yet public. It was named alongside Jet Set Radio in Sega's annual report a year ago on a list of intellectual property assets that Sega wanted to recapitalize by bringing them up to date. Both new games are early in early stages of creation and could still be canceled, people said. 
A Sega spokesperson said the company has no comment to make at the present time. The Super Game Project currently includes plans for about uh, four such titles, according to the people. The company said last year that its European studio is working on a first-person shooter Super Game, and the plan was to offer, quote, contents and services that can create a large community uh, and as much as 100 billion yen, that's $780 million, in lifetime revenue. Sega's online role-playing game, Fantasy Star Online 2, fits the criteria for a global uh, multiplayer hit, but it has so far failed to stir up a thriving market with its in-game purchasing offerings. The Japanese company plans to address the, this aspect of monetization more aggressively with its upcoming titles. Sega is betting big on Super Games at a time when its traditional business of pachinko and arcade machines face dwindling audiences and waves of COVID-19 restrictions. Console and smartphone gaming represents the company's best chance at securing long-term growth. Sega partnered with Microsoft in November on its Super Game development using the Azure Cloud uh, platform uh, and potentially setting the stage for the addition of those titles to Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass service. Sarah Bond, corporate vice president for gaming at Microsoft at the time, said that the duo, quote, will reimagine how games get built, hosted, and operated with a goal of adding more value to players in Sega alike. Gary, you got excited about this. I got fucking excited about this. Until Amy came around with her Star Wars business, this was going to be number one, ladies and gentlemen. You talk about bringing Crazy Taxi back, you got Greg Miller excited. Both of these stories would be number one on, on, a, on any given day, right? But, yes, I mean, but, Gary, does the content of the reboot give you pause? Does it worry you a bit? Because we're talking about Crazy Taxi and Jet Set are coming back, and they really need to be like Fortnite and make a lot of money and be free to play and have all these microtransactions and blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm in very much in two minds about it. This is another one where I saw it, as soon as I saw it today, I did the kind of the, the, the Lord Grantham. My goodness, have you seen what's in the newspaper today? Like, it was a big reaction. But it was initially like a very happy reaction, because I don't know how much you and I have talked about this on the show in the past, Greg, but I fucking love Crazy Taxi. Oh, it's yeah, one of my favorite, favorite yeah, games. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, one of my greatest regrets, and I still like, kick myself anytime I think about it, is several years ago, I got rid of my Dreamcast and all of my games because I was like trying to cut the, I oh. too much stuff and I got rid of a bunch of stuff. And I wish I'd have kept it because I would still, I know that I would still play it today. And recently I, um, I uh, downloaded it on Steam. Uh, and played it just because I wanted to, I just wanted to, to go back and have those vibes. I've got some thoughts about the way in which they're bringing it back, but I want to get, we've got to address the elephant in the room first. You know, if we're talking about Crazy Taxi, there's one thing we have to be talking about, and you know what I'm going to say. You know license what this music, game has to, you music. know what this game has to have. License music, Pizza Hut, license deals everywhere. If they cannot make a deal with the offspring <laughs> and Bad Religion yeah. to bring all that music back, just don't bother. I'm 100% serious. Do not bother. When I installed the original Crazy Taxi on Steam, it doesn't have the licensed music. Awesome. And like, as awesome. soon as it boots up and you don't hear, yeah, 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 yeah. You're just like, well, why, why is that not there? Like, what is even fucking going on? Yeah. Like, why would I even be doing this if I'm not hearing that? Right. If I'm not nothing changes because it's all that same, all that shit. Like, I got you got to have it. It's so fucking intrinsically woven into the crazy taxi experience that I actually went and downloaded a, an unofficial patch mod thing where I had to jump through a bunch of hoops to get the original music functioning in the PC version of the game. But once I did it, it was so worth it. And now, mm -hmm. and then it was like, oh, now it's crazy taxi. It's sure, like, sure. you just, it's, it's like, you just cannot We're do it without the music. The so I don't, I don't care. 
I don't care what it costs. Well, my if thing is, no is, is music, it's a reboot I don't and it's not a remaster. I, I do agree. You have to have the offspring. You have to have, but I think they can also bring in a whole new plethora of they can have they, they can they can bring in fucking I didn't I I literally, literally blanked trying to think of even one fucking contemporary contemporary music artist. Bring in the weekend. There what you about, go. You, like that, you had Selena Gomez on your old Animal Talk, and she could come on there. She could do it. She could bring in um, Lizzo. I, just, I, 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 I like who's, who's like, in who's in who's in the hit parade currently, Greg. I couldn't even fucking tell you. Uh, Justin Bieber was on my list today. He's doing shit. He's Justin Bieber is still popular. Oh yeah, he's still popular. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you can have all of that as well, but you've got OG to have Kat. you've got to have the OG music. Agreed, um, agreed, agreed, agreed. And I'm telling you, I'm not even quick. kidding. I want to give a shout out to the chat. The minute, the minute there's an announcement saying, hey, we understand the fans, blah, 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 you know, uh, enthusiasm for the original music, but unfortunately we're not able to make a deal, won't be in the game. That is the that is just, I'll just mute all the hashtags and never think about this project again. I want to but if they have it, I will lean all the way in. When me and Gary started nerding out about Crazy Taxi, a whole bunch of these youngins like Blessing Adeoye Jr. were in the chat going, what? No, it's way more exciting for Jet Set Radio. The poll was in the chat. 58% voted Crazy Taxi. That 58% is correct. I'll get to Jet Set Radio in a moment. In, in terms of Crazy Taxi, the first, so Sega bringing it back, I immediately went, yes, great. I, I would love that. Again, music, but I would love it. That's going to be the caveat that hangs over everything. Um, in terms, but when they started saying like, oh, they want it to be like a Fortnite level, you know, global <clears throat> success. What does that? What does that mean? Presumably, it means turning it into some kind of online multiplayer experience. And maybe I've only been thinking about this like in the very short time since I even knew they were doing it. Maybe there is some kind of viable design approach for like Crazy Taxi World or something, where you have like a big city and mm. everyone's driving around in their taxis, competing over fares and doing challenges and. You know, maybe it's like an open world burnout paradise kind of thing, but you're all crazy taxi drivers. I don't know. But like you tell me, like, oh, they want to make it a Fortnite type experience. They've got to make it some kind of, you know, persistent world where everyone's driving around, I guess. I don't know. And I that's mean, where it gets so confusing. I don't see why it couldn't this. work. I think I think I think there's a way that you could shoot on those two things together in a way. But would we want it? Game. You and me are talking very much about you're talking very much about like a remaster remake of Crazy Taxi, which of course let's go and they've you know put Crazy Taxi out again like you're talking about the Steam version stuff like that. But like this sounds like them wanting to do something from the ground up with Crazy Taxi. And that's where it gets convoluted and confusing of like how do you serve the people who remember Crazy Taxi so fondly, but give them something new, but make them want to do something? I think, you know, you start talking about the music that we all love for it. Could you monetize monetize that? Would anybody care about that? Would you download a new, whatever, Machine Gun Kelly pack that has a new car in it, a new thing? And See, new I don't whatever. even know who the fuck that is. I'm, so I'm just throwing out the great. things the kids like. You know what I mean? He did a bunch of WWE music. I don't like it. I turn it off in 2K22, but I don't, it doesn't matter. Married to Megan Fox. They're just dating her. I'm not sure. Uh, don't you're wrong, man. I don't give a shit uh it's one of those where would that be the thing is it new cars is it what you're talking about yeah that it's just maybe it is that yeah i saw somebody jokingly saying the thing right like 100 crazy taxis drop on an island would that be the actual game though where it is that 100 or however many taxi drivers are unleashed on a city and it is about keeping your meter going and whoever is the last standing crazy taxi driver that does yeah, sound cool. I, mean, I, I don't know if it necessarily it. means like a literal battle royale you know constricting play field thing if they're gonna graph that much onto it. i don't know if the two things necessarily go together like in as direct a way as that maybe but it does sound like it's, it's gonna be like you'd, you'd be racing around with other drivers in some kind of multiplayer you know big arena or something i don't know i mean we'll see i i'm very interested to see they're bringing it back i I don't know if 
if Crazy Tax, as much as I personally love it, I don't know if it's the game to put Sega back on top to the level at which they seem to be aspiring. Like, oh, we're gonna, we are gonna have the next Fortnite, and it's gonna be Crazy Taxi. I'm like, part of <laughs> me is thinking, a, I don't know, that's just statement. so fucking, that's just so fucking batshit insane. It just might work. And again, trust me, nothing would make me happier than Crazy Taxi once again being the number one game in the world. That would be amazing. Jet Set Radio, I think, and that's a game that I personally have less of a of an affection for it. i like it i enjoy it. i get it it's not it, but it, it, it's not the game that i played obsessively for a long long time in the during the dreamcast era for me the cr crazy taxi the, the dreamcast era is defined primarily by crazy taxis other good stuff as well but crazy taxi is the number one game i think for many people though jet set radio is that game um and there and there again you could imagine what does that look like a big multiplayer city with people tagging uh, like like gaining territory by by graffitiing certain maybe is it like Splatoon? What does that look like? I don't know. It's like a territorial battle. I don't. I'm trying to figure out what it would, how you would even take, you know, these two gameplay concepts, which were, yeah. which were both open world single player games, right? Drive around the city and and do stuff, and transplant that into a into a live online multiplayer type game. I I think. In that sense, these two games, it's not like chalk and cheese. I think there is a way to turn these games into big, you know, uh, you know, 100 player multiplayer experiences. But it'll again, it'll depend on how cleverly they, they execute that. But if that's the plan, there's nothing fundamentally. I'm like, well, that can't work. Like, how can those two things possibly go? I think they can go together. It just depends how well they do it. We'll have to wait and see. Again, as we were talking about, this has already been going for a while. Uh, they aim to release uh, two to three years in terms of the crazy taxi one. Jet Set is just not. It's a long time to wait, isn't it? Yeah, but if, hey, man, if you're going to make crazy taxi into Fortnite, take it down. Get out there. Make it happen. Hey, hey, hey. You want to make some crazy money? Take me to Pizza Hut. Uh, number three on the Rupper Report. Here's some, <laughs> a game that's coming much sooner. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is coming sooner than you expected it. This is Jeffy Grub Grub, Jeff Grub over at Games Beat, who writes, Nintendo is moving up the release date for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. The publisher announced the move on social media this morning. After originally promising the role-playing adventure would come in September, it will now debut July 29th. This shakeup raises some questions about the rest of Nintendo's year. Splatoon fans are waiting for news about Splatoon 3, which the publisher said would launch this year. Nintendo has also said that Bayonetta 3 supposedly is debuting in 2022. But maybe Nintendo's plans surrounding that game are shifting around. That could give the company a reason to go with Xenoblade early. That's a weird one. Pushing your game up, Gary? You don't see that often. You, I mean, these days we're used to seeing the opposite, aren't we? 100%. Bander SN writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hey, Greg and Gary, this morning we were smacked with one of the weirdest, weird Nintendo decisions of all time. Something surprisingly positive. Xenoblade's uh, release originally scheduled for September has been pushed up to July. That means the game is likely to close to. That doesn't matter. He, he already said that. Uh, while this is great news for Xenoblade fans, it also means something must have changed. Is Nintendo planning to release a Zelda port in September due to Breath of the Wild 2's delay? Uh, or did Splatoon 3 need more time? Bander SN, who knows? Jeff Grubb is, you know, doing the same thing with his WND uh, speculating over here. All of this could be true. None of it could be true. It's Nintendo. No one knows why the fuck they do anything they do. Do you know much about Xenoblade is one of those things that I'm very aware of its sure. existence as a thing. Sure. And I think it is quite a big thing because I see people go, yay, when they hear about Xenoblade. If you showed me three different screenshots of three different games, I couldn't tell you which one was Xenoblade. I know literally nothing about it. Is it is it good? Is it popular? Is Xenoblade a big, is it a big deal? Is it a thing Xenoblade is about? a big deal to that audience, yes. Okay. 
they love they love xenoblade yes what's bigger xenoblade or kingdom hearts kingdom hearts okay chat right. am i wrong tell me i'm wrong and don't be a xenoblade fanboy tell me if i you know what i mean just to make sure i'm, I'm calling about i call it like i see it yeah okay just making sure but no xenoblade's got its like you know dedicated audience you know who's a big xenoblade fan uh cisco what's bigger xenoblade or fire emblem fire emblem all right so right so it's okay so I'm, it's not i feel like we keep naming games that are bigger than it like what what level is it at it's one of those weird nintendo it's like, games it's like a mid, like. mid range mid gear kind of thing uh, yeah it's mid for sure i would say on the lower end of mid it's got a dedicated audience okay that's all, all right. you got i'm just reading the news to you you know what i mean i'm just like yeah you know, it's weird like, you know every now and again there, there are plenty of games out there i'm fairly well read in 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 video games yeah um but every now and again there's like one of these big ones like like near automata and i was just thinking about near automata the other day thinking man i should play that game because i hear no, it's really good but no, i never even no you shouldn't no you no, shouldn't it, why Don't not listen to fucking blessing or anything why is weird. it not good no it's not good it's just a weird little fucking weird game for weird people you want to go be a weird person gary you want to oh, be wow we just found it go play power wash have some fun that's I, I feel like that you've stumbled into a controversial area there, Greg. Of course I have. Look at all the weirdos in chat saying I'm wrong. Don't listen to them. <laughs> I tried this near automata game, like, oh man, it's gonna be like a gym. It's gonna be like this. I'm playing like this. Whatever. Y'all just want to look at what have you what have you got against near? I've never rarely see you this negative. Yeah. I it's just one of those things that you know, you wake up in the morning and you have to decide. Am I going to go path of least resistance? And when they all start talking about how great the 19 fucking endings for 2B are and you got to do this thing, you got to do that thing. Do I want to be like, yeah, I know that's, re that's a really cool video. Or do I want to call it like I see it and say, that's dumb and that's a waste of your time. You know what I mean? Think all the other games you could have played. How many times could you have beaten Uncharted? How many times could you have platinum ZJ the ball? But you're out here going, man, 2B, what a great, this is, this is what it's all about. Wow. Holy shit. Tell me what you're Sometimes really you got to say it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to say it. Sometimes you got to be like, really? You're going to sit there and you're going to play that. Really? You're going to sit there and play Genshin Impact. Basically, you got to sit there and go, Imran Khan, really? This is what you want to do with your life. This is what you want to do, Imran. And then, and then it's, a suck, it's, a, it's a sucky thing where you see him infecting normal people. Like, Blessing could be a normal person, but he hangs out with these people that do these kind of things to him. And then it infects his brain. And then I got to hear about it on PS I Love You XO. Me and Janet got to hear about it. Janet plays normal games. Janet a normal gamer. Me a normal gamer. Blessing Eddie Oyo over here. Playing these weirdo games. Thinking it's I feel like Blessing games. generally has pretty good tasting games, though, doesn't mm -hmm. he? You know what I mean? Uh, now, this is an interesting chat question here. Uh, Justin says, Greg, how many hours have you put into Marvel's Avengers? Well, I was going to save the breaking news for later, but if you'd like it now, ladies and gentlemen, guess what, motherfuckers? Avengers lives. That's right. I have breaking oh, news uh, from Play Avengers right there. We're talking about our April development update. Uh, now that patch 2.3 is behind us, we'd like to update you what's coming to the near future for the game. This includes some great improvements to the event system as well as our next playable hero jane foster the mighty thor uh they are talking about uh, the update 2.4 coming in the may release you can go find all about that yada 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 they're talking about that they're talking about that but beyond that 2.5 will be coming back with specifics on timing later we can share that it will introduce a new playable hero to all platforms jane foster the mighty thor our hero designs are driven first and foremost by the core comic book identities so as a matter a fellow wielder of mjolnir her suite of abilities will have a lot in common with odin's son however she will also have the elements that are distinctly jane more details on how jane will come to life and our game will be coming in the near future uh so there you go everybody who thought avengers was dead like i said like i said on this very show about a real game marvel's avengers 
not some weird near automata 12 2.01 thing kingdom hearts keyblade whatever a real game marvel's avengers not dead got this thing in there it was all delayed by the movies it's fine she hulk will be coming we'll be getting a good expansion and you see come january 2023 imran khan will say about avengers pretty good game you all so what okay so what's bigger near automata or marvel's avengers you know, I'd prefer not to answer that question. Yeah, you know I, I had mean? a feeling, yeah. <laughs> Instead, Gary, let me tell you about patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you could write in and tell me how wrong I am about all this stuff. You could write in to be a, a, a Patreon producer. You could write in, of course, to have your name read on the show as this day's squad up. But most importantly for right now, you could go there to get the show ad-free. But speaking of ads, you are not on Patreon. So here is a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Credit Karma. Are you earning credit card rewards? Credit Karma can help you compare your reward options so you can find a card that fits your lifestyle, helping you earn miles or cash back for spending you're gonna do anyway. I've been using Credit Karma for years. It's such an easy way to just keep track of my credit score and make sure that everything is going fantastically with so many great features. Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of card issues so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and it won't affect your credit score. And best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. That is an awesome feature. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. Go to creditkarma.com or the Credit Karma app to find the card for you. That's creditkarma.com. Now, Gary, I'm ready to move on. I, I, I'm I ready know to you just are. go on to the I next we all I've made my point. I've called all these weirdo near fans out. They're all mad at their keyboards pounding on them. Their mom's coming downstairs saying, turn off the porn and come up for dinner. But you have a question about Marvel's Avengers, you said? <laughs> Look, we, we, are, we are all ready to move on from Marvel's Avengers. That indeed seems to be the problem that Marvel's Avengers is having. But I do want to, because you, you mentioned it, and then we went straight to a break. Almost yeah, as if yeah. you didn't want to talk about it. Well, you know, I, I get, I, you know, yeah. Look, we joke about it being a dead game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, but they, but they are continuing to support it and put out these, 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 these updates. I just want to ask you, what, what genuinely is your level of confidence that the Avengers, like Mjolnir, can be the shattered pieces can be reconstituted and wielded once again? I think what I've said before and I stick by is that I think we get a She-Hulk expansion this year. I think that that is really happening. Again, there's a whole bunch of stuff where the voice actor, you know, confirmed it accidentally. And then there's been stuff with Hawkeye recording new lines. I think we get another Black Panther-like expansion that I think is going to be around She-Hulk. And then I think that's it. I think they wind it down from there. I think this is the final year that they do okay. anything with it, especially as they're, you know, moving on to Tomb Raider, helping out Perfect Dark. So much stuff's happening over there. It did. I got to say, it felt like a nice little bit of synergy that they did the Jane Foster reveal, like basically in the same week as they did the reveal for the movie trailer. I wonder if they actually lined that up or if they just got I lucky. I guarantee they did. And I think that's why She-Hulk hasn't been announced is that that's lining up with the MCU show they're going to do. Uh, or right. Disney Plus show. So I think that's right. The, yeah. yeah. Right. So but it's not going to, it's not going to matter, is it? No. I mean, the, the opinion is set on that. And yeah, it's done and it's understandable. And they, they, they fucked it up on their own. This is what they get. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. They should they should invent a new Marvel villain called Moribund. And that's who they have to fight. And that's the one that eventually kind of kills them all and they can wrap up the game. 
Sure. It's a sad state of affairs because, you know, I know the, how hard the folks over there who are working on it are working on it. But yeah, like public opinion's gone on that. And so you have just me. Yeah, me and my Avengers group thread of Avenger of you. Of you have a, it's, it's it's funny as much as you you have weird taste. But the more I think about it, the more I talk to you, you do it. You do have weird tastes in, in games. I particular because taste. like you you eschew all of these these games like Near Automata that like real like true hardcore like gaming enthusiasts really really like like you don't want anything to do with that. And yet you cling on you cling on to these lost causes, these dead games like Marvel's Avengers. And DC Universe Online. Hey, whoa! Like don't make DC into like the beta. It's almost like if it's, if it's just dead or dying, like you somehow like that. DC has not. DC Universe Online has been going for more than a decade, Gary. That is not a game you can point to and say dead or dying. Like, <laughs> you leave the you keep DC Universe's name out your mouth. All right, like fucking stay. Yeah, I'll take the Avengers shit. Yeah, I I enjoy playing that game despite all its many flaws. Yes, and again, I mean, I I, you know what? You know, I mean, I could, I could be wrong about it, just because I don't hear about it every day. Because it's just because it's not in the news all the time, like Destiny or, or or whatever, doesn't mean it's not rolling along nicely. But it is one of those games where, like, you hear you hear DC Universe online, you go, "Oh, is that still going?" I think yeah, most people sure. that's their reaction. That's fair. That's but fair. I, could, I mean, I'm, it's I guess quietly, it's you know, it's the same as like. Star Trek Online and a bunch of these games are like, is that still going? But like, yeah, they're they're quietly just making money behind the scenes. You know, not necessarily headline grabbing, but they're out there doing I mean, what they're supposed to be doing. And don't think for a second, Gary, that I'm not like fucking Captain Jack Sparrow here. I'm on the sinking ship of Avengers, right? But I'm coming up to the dock where I'm going to step off perfectly because remember, the DC Universe Online people are working on a Marvel MMO that's unannounced. You like that cat no that they have? You know, has guess like what? Avengers is free to die because I'm going to go over there. I am what they call a comic book vampire. All right. No, yeah, I, you like I'm that? a comic book tick. All right. Like I jump that, on know, whatever they, thing they, I am. They had that. They had that. There was like that cat in that hospice ward. Where when the cat would go to like lay on the bed of one of the patients, they were all like, everybody knew that's the next one that's gonna die. And the cat cat was never wrong. You're like the hospice cat of video games. (laughs) No, Craig, the cat was real. The cat was real. (laughs) Like that's one that I want to step up and refute. But you're like Avengers, the PlayStation Vita. PlayStation VR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number four on the Roper Report. Elden Ring is getting a major patch. This is Joe Scrabbles at IGN.com. Elden Ring's 1.04 update is released across all platforms today and brings big changes for strength builds and magic users, not to mention as new quest events for, for from soft in-joke NPC patches. Announced by uh, publisher Bandai Namco, uh, the new patch is split broadly into four sections. Major changes, sorcery slash incantation, weapon skill, and bug fixes. The major changes include new event phases for patches, although no detail is added about what those are. We'll have to wait to see what players suss out of it, it seems. Fans with strength-based builds are also celebrating changes to colossal weapons that increase attack speeds, decrease recovery time, and increase two-handed damage. It makes heading out into Elden Ring's vicious world with a gigantic weapon that little bit more viable than before. New players will also receive a boost after FP uh, and uh, stamina growth were increased at lower levels, and many will be delighted to hear that the madness status effect now comes with a shorter, unskippable animation. Gary, you're not an Elden Ring guy, right? No, but honestly, you know, it's one of those games where like, you know, like EVE Online, where every now and again, like something, some crazy shit happens in EVE Online and you're like, I'm never going to get into EVE Online, like the barrier to entry is too high in terms of everything you have to learn about how the game works and getting established in that world. But like, every every, every time you'll, you'll read some story about some epic, insane, like world event that happened in EVE Online and it makes you feel like, man, I must be missing out on something really cool. Like, I must be really interested in part of that world. I had a similar feeling about Elden Ring this past week when the stories about Let Me Solo Her started going around. Because that just felt like, that just seemed like an epic 
story, right? And all of this myth making is now, you know, built up around that character and people are doing fan art and this character's become, become like this legendary player and just the stories are great and it makes you feel like, oh, that's just like a really cool thing to be a part of. The, it's it's still it's still not something I'm going to play. This 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 easy mode is it's an unofficial mod, right? It's not an uno, it's not an official thing. I don't think From Software would ever no no they wouldn't do in it. any way make the game. I don't think they'll ever make that concession. It's a shame because I still think there's there's an audience that they're missing out on by not providing that. Um, but you know, I, I also admire them for the, just sticking to their guns and saying, look, this is a certain kind of game for a certain kind of player, and we don't compromise sure. on that on that vision. Um, I mean, I'm still waiting. I mean, you know, look at look at Sifu though, right? Sifu, another notoriously difficult game, celebrated for its difficulty. That developer is releasing an easy mode patch, which I think will, you know, make the game more accessible to more players. Like me, I've been waiting for that easy mode patch. If there was an easier mode, uh, an official easier mode for Elden Ring, I almost certainly would give it another look. It's just, you know, when you when you've got even like video game donkey who is a, you know, a very good player of games and generally doesn't complain about games being too, I don't know if you're familiar with these videos, but rarely no. complains I mean, about games being too difficult. Yeah, so know. even Donkey did like a long video saying like, not only is the difficulty in this game too hard, it's like all out of whack and like it makes no, it's, it's just poorly balanced. And that struck me as like a more interesting difficulty-based criticism of just people saying like, it's, you say like, oh, it's too hard. And then people just go, oh, good, fair enough. But like if if a donkey or someone else who's like earned the right to talk about difficulty in video games because they are very good at them comes along and says, no, that it's too hard. It's just the, it, the balance. It's, it's just poorly balanced. The difficulty is basically all out of whack. That's a criticism that I think has to be listened to. It's interesting because, again, like, you know, uh, I pick up souls and put them down usually, but I went through Bloodborne, right? And even with Elden Ring and having the conversations and I see Blessing in there saying, yeah, I do think the balancing in Elden Ring is imperfect. I still feel like those games are obtuse more than hard. And especially in something Elden Ring, and I'm talking a little bit out my ass to somebody who does not play Elden Ring, but the fact that it is open world, right? That when you get to something that kicks your ass, you bounce off and you go do a bunch of other stuff. It reminds me a lot of RPGs, MMOs of like, they're being like, oh, cool, I'm not powerful enough for you. So I'm going to fuck off for a few hours, do something else, and then come back and destroy stuff. And that's what I've seen this week. Because it seems like this week, everybody who started playing Elden Ring at launch is platinuming it. That seems like what's happening. And it's like, I saw Imran Khan talk about like, you know, taking down some boss and two things that he put off forever because he comes back now, he's so powerful. Like, I don't get me wrong, I understand why that game isn't approachable. It's obtuse to certain people. But like, that also seems like just what they is, is that is that satisfying though because that almost feels like i mean i know it's all part of the system but if you take on an enemy that you're like uh, uh, you know theoretically at the appropriate level for, for sure. and you have like a really really tough battle and eventually you, you you get them down and you kill them i understand why that's satisfying right because the game gave you a lot of challenge i get an enemy that was really hard to beat you really had to work and study and try and fail and learn how to do it and you do it that's great if you, but I see what a lot of people are saying, which is if that enemy's too hard, just go away and like level up and then come back when you're over leveled and beat the shit out of them. Is that satisfying though? Because isn't isn't that kind of like turning on easy but, level for that boss? Like so, over level. But here's yourself? my thing: is back back and back back and forth with that. Right? Is that again? There is an audience that I think are the ones who will tell you, or, and that the the idea that Elden Ring is hard is the idea that you can go up under level to that boss and you can pound your head into the wall over and over and over again and beat them. You can mm -hmm. do it, but you have to be flawless, right? Whereas the alternative is that you could walk off. Well, I guess there's the middle ground too, where you could walk off for not four hours, do it for two hours. You come back, you have a better chance with it or you have more items or something like 
it's almost play how you want to, I feel like, and how you engage in those battles, which then makes these conversations, especially between you and me who aren't souls people, a little bit harder to nail down. Is it that hard or is it the way people are playing it as hard? But I then can is see it fun to go off and level up or is it not? But like some people enjoy that, but some people No, don't. I can it's see like, it. You know, like the you know, the like one of my favorite all time Superman moments, Greg, is the end of Superman two when he goes back to the diner and he's got his powers back and he beats the shit out of that bully. <laughs> Right, like the pettiest Superman moment of all time. Yeah, but, okay. but, it, but, but it is so sad. Like everyone's cheering when he does that. Right, it's so satisfying when he goes back to that to that sure. bully and like beats the shit out of him. You know, I've been working out. It's so fucking good. So, and that's essentially what we're talking. So, if that's satisfying, I can understand why going back to a, a boss that beat the shit out of you after you've you yeah. know read the Charles. It's like you know, like the whole like oh, tired of getting you know, sand kicked in your face. You know, send off for Charles Atlas's you know, bodybuilding course. And then you know, Good no right. one kicks sand in your face anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I can no, I can see it. I can see it. It's it's. It, it, the, the, I think the systems are in place in the game for it to be easy if you're willing to put the time in. Um, it's just I, I my my like my my final opinion is Elden Ring. I, I think it's a fantastic game, and I think that for people who I w- I wish I were good enough at games to engage a game like Elden Ring because I can I, I I don't think I'll ever. I mean I I remember Yak- when I beat Yakuza like a dragon which was a tough game. And I did like the true final millennium tower, which is a fucking incredibly hard thing to do. Probably the hardest video game challenge I've ever done. And I finally beat it with like one fucking HP left. And I hit the, I absolutely hit the roof. I was leaning in. I was sweating. I was so engrossed. The world just like contracted to like, I couldn't see or experience anything other than what was on the screen. And when I finally beat the final boss, I was so ecstatic and that euphoria that when you overcome a really, really, really difficult challenge, but you finally did it, that's an amazing feeling. And I think why people like Elden Ring so much is if you are good enough to engage the game at that level, if you can come up to meet it, that satisfaction is you won't find that in any other game. So I totally understand why people do love it as much as they do. I'm just not good enough to really enjoy on that level. Gary, you are good enough, okay? Don't oh my ever God. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, the Hispanic heartthrob, Texas Street Latino, he clicking heads and ripping them to shreds. The globe trotting, headshot, and nitro rifle from Twitch.tv, Andy Cortez. Gary, you're selling yourself short, okay? This game is a must-play. This game is a choose-your-own-difficulty the uh, uh, if you just don't vibe with the gameplay that's a whole other thing then i just can't really help you out there right but um for anybody who's ever said that the gameplay is a grind or leveling up feels like a grind i never once felt that i think the game purposely puts in certain uh barriers for you so that you know i think like the easiest way to test out when to leave a boss is you hit it once and you go wow that wasn't shit damage huh (laughs) Like I, I, I took off a millimeter of pixels from you. I'm going to go run away and I'll deal with you later. And it's really exciting knowing that I can go back to it. Um, I think that's the easiest way to sort of gauge how tough the boss fight will be. But there are just so many avenues of help in this game. This is the easiest FromSoft game, I think. Um, there are so many ways to... I, I don't even want to say brute force things because that seems like you're doing something against your will and it's not fun. But there are many avenues of getting help in this game whether it's calling on me or calling on anybody who just loves helping out people with boss fights along with all of the summons along with all of the items and the different ways that you can get uh really op builds like i never found the game to be a grind because i was always 
leveling up doing something that I found interesting or fun, whether it's going off to different places that I haven't seen before and I'm constantly in awe of the new locations I'm going. All the while, I'm still leveling up. I'm still progressing. I'm still getting better and better. And then I know, oh, shit, you know, I saw that boss 18 levels ago. Let me go see what I can do now. And it's always satisfying to me when you do that. I'm not going to disagree and say that the the later half of the game, there are some imbalanced moments. You're like, huh, that boss really just took four hits, really? And there's some regular enemies who are like, god damn, what the fuck's going on? But it's nothing that you can't overcome it really quickly. Like, I saw the same Dunkey video you mentioned. Yeah. I didn't disagree with those moments either. Yeah, it does, it does seem a little bit imbalanced. Like, you know, like you say, like the really hard bosses that don't give you a ton of XP and the really easy ones that do. It just seems like there's a little bit of weirdness going on there. What I find interesting is... Unlike a lot, of, I don't know what it is about Elden Ring, but I like people who like it. They're, they're like evangelically, to an evangelical level. Like, right, like the conversation I'm having with Andy right now is quite typical of many others I've had with Elden Ring fans. Where anytime, if, if I say like, "Oh, I'm not," I don't think this game is for me, or it's not my type of game, or it's too hard, or whatever. In in most other games, somebody would say, "Yeah, fair enough. It's not for you. If it's not for you, it's not for you." Elden Ring players aren't having any of that like they will always say oh no no you've got to try it like give it and maybe it's because having played it for a long time they really do know something that that we don't like oh yeah once you've like kind of understood like how to like live with it and crack the code or whatever you'll it'll unlock for you and you'll and you'll understand it the way i understand it but it's just the idea like elden ring players are so evangelical in their in their love for elden ring that they almost can't tolerate someone else saying that it's not a game for them that they don't want to play or they don't like it or they couldn't get into it. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you got to keep trying. Well, f- yeah, first off, you're fucking wrong. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, I think that any fan base has those evangelical type people, but I will always say that if the game doesn't click with you, you're not going to like it, period. Like, I right. d- move on to something else, right? Like, when I first played Bloodborne, I was like, wow, this, re- this really is deserving of all the hype and praise I've heard for all these years. I get it now. I am, uh, I have been, I have seen the light, right? And then I went to Demon Souls and I was like, man, this isn't the same combat. I don't know if I like this. And then you just kind of fall in love with it because that just the nature of the game, the nature of the cool systems and the storytelling, all that's the stuff that I fall in love with. But um, I I do think that like there was a part, a portion of the Internet that was like, uh, if you don't like Souls games, you're a fucking idiot. And you just need to get good. And then the other side of it is. Man, Souls fans are fucking annoying. And it reminds you like the whole Rick and yeah. Morty debacle, like where every Rick oh, and Morty God. fan is suddenly a piece of shit. And yeah. I feel like every every community has those. We saw Yeah, I, no, I don't think I don't think we're there. I just, but, I, but I think you're right is that there's, there's fans who are just evangelical because they genuinely love the game and they want to share that love with others, right? And that's fair enough. I'm not a fan of the get good brigade because i think there's something going on there's this there's, there's something happening there. A fan of them. <laughs> well it's like you know it's it's like so much of their self-worth is tied up in how good they are at video games you know that i just i worry that there's that there's a like deeper deeper issues there but uh, listen i uninstalled it for right now um on xbox i've got i've, I've got a ton of backlog stuff to work through i am open to giving it another try because it's like i, I don't want to be like no it's the children who are wrong like you know there clearly is a, a fantastic <laughs> game there but I'm also like you have to understand. I really am not very good at video games anymore. I used to be 20 years ago, but like there's a reason why I play everything on baby ass baby mode. I'm just like I, I'm slow. I you know I'm not like I was. What was I playing the other day? I was playing um, Tunic a couple of weeks ago, oh. and I got stuck. I couldn't figure out how to get to the next area, and I like wandered around for like an hour. 
And I'm like, something's not right here. And Leah wandered in, my wife wandered in and said, what are you playing? So I'm playing this game Tunic, but like, I can't figure out how to get to the next area. Like I, there's either something's missing here or I, like, either the game's broken or I did something back there that I missed. I can't figure out what it is. She said, let me try. And in like two minutes, she found like the path forward and was like, no, what, what are you talking about? It was, it was obvious. Said, it was right good. I'm just, I'm you? just dumb and slow and stupid <laughs> at video games now. And so sure. Elden Ring is kind of like, you know, it, 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 it's very a, a game like Elden Ring is very at odds with like where I see myself as a gamer these sure. days. You know what I mean? So I, that, I, that's I, it. One last thing, I saw somebody in chat mention that the tower you did in Yakuza is like harder than anything in Elden Ring. So that's just something to keep in mind. I have no idea what it is, but like I do think Elden Ring is conquerable, and I yeah. do think it's easier than a lot of people think it is. Not saying that it's like the easiest game by any means, but I also understand where you're coming from. Where I am willing to withstand some of the punishment that these games dole out because I do love them so much. And maybe you were willing to withstand that tower moment in Yakuza because you love that world that much. But that's the thing. When yeah. I'm playing a game that I don't necessarily care a whole lot about, it's like, all right, I'll drop to easy. Like, I don't really, I'm not fucking with this world anyway. I just kind of want to get it done. So I totally see where you're coming from. It was an, it was an interesting experience because Yakuza, you're, you're absolutely right, Andy. The reason why I, I did I did the final, final challenge, which you don't even have to do, like you finish the game, the Millennium Tower, and you're done, right? That's it. The true final Millennium Tower is like the super duper bonus challenge. You can go back and do optionally if you want. And I only did it and it, and it jacks the difficulty up to like, like when, when I finished that, when I finished uh, Like a Dragon, I was so overleveled that I was just like crashing through everything. You do the true final Millennium Tower and when that same overleveled character I was getting one-shotted by the opening enemy that wasn't even a boss. Like they jack it up to such a ridiculous level, and you really, really again, like Elden Ring, like you have to think and study, and like there's no, like there's no cheesing or laziness. Like every move, every every move that you make, every every decision that you take has to have maximum impact because there's no margin for error, like none, zero margin for error. But when you do beat that level of challenge, finally the satisfaction is second to none. And I feel like again, that's what Elden Ring delivers with every really hard boss that you down and. I've been chasing that feeling ever since. So again, having experienced that like feeling of euphoria, one there may be in a couple of other games that I remember beating, going, "Oh yeah, I finally did it." But like with Yakuza, it almost like this incredible euphoric adrenaline rush. I was literally going, "Yes, yes, fuck you, I did." I was so so happy that again for for people that are able to engage Elden Ring at that difficulty level, they've got was it like a hundred bosses or something in that game, and you and it's constantly kind of giving you Andy that satisfaction here. Amazing, yeah. Uh, of course, earlier in the love show, the show. Uh, Thanks, first time Andy. listener, last time caller. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Of course, earlier in the show, we talked about all the perverts that play near. I do want to call out for all the perverts that play Elden Ring. Uh, there is a story going around PCGamer.com. Elden Ring PSA: If someone drops panties in your game, don't pick them up. That's Andy Chalk reporting for you. Quick Wait, heads what? up: If someone pops into your Elden Ring game, drops a pair of panties on the ground, and then dips, do not repeat. Do not pick them up. Multiple people are reporting in the Elden Ring subreddit that they have been banned from regular online play after claiming the discarded panties as their own so what? again i totally understand i totally understand that i was wrong about the near fans and clearly the elden ring fans none of you are all perverts there you go uh final story of the day uh video games are going to the movies these are super simple uh jason momo has been cast in the minecraft movie this is aaron couch over at the hollywood reporter aquaman and dune star jason momo is lining up another tent pole with warner brothers the actor is in the final negotiations to star in the studio's live action minecraft movie the hollywood reporter has confirmed meanwhile uh streets of rage has a movie in the works this is alexandra uh del rosario at deadline 
On the heels of its success with Paramount's Sonic the Hedgehog films, Sega has another franchise coming to the big screen with beat-em-up games, Streets of Rage, getting the film treatment, according to uh, sources that talk to Deadline. Uh, again, two video games there, two more announcements. What do you think, Gary? You care about either of those movies? I'm actually kind of optimistic about both of these, especially in the post-Sonic era, where, you know, I saw, as I mentioned before the show, I saw Sonic 2 last week, and I love those movies, and they and they have completely proven that you can not only make really good video game movies, but make really good video movie, video game movies out of source material that you would not expect. Like if you'd have told me a couple of years ago that the best video game movies by far would be fucking Sonic the Hedgehog movies, I would have laughed in your face. But who's laughing now, right? Both of those movies are absolute bangers. I absolutely love them. They're so, so good. Um, and you look at stuff like the when they when they announce, oh, we're going to do a Lego movie. People are like, what? Seriously, come on! But look, look what they did, right? They Battleship. made a fantastic movie, yeah. Battleship. Yeah. Um, so it can be done if you've got talent and the right take. You can spin gold out of pretty much anything, I think. And so I don't see any. And, and the, the key here is the filmmakers, right? So of the course. Minecraft movie is Jared Hess, who made two of my favorite movies in Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. I fucking love both of those movies. They're so fucking good. Um, and so I want to see what he would do. You look at the Barbie, you know, how can the Barbie movie, movie, movie be any good? Well, like Greta Gerwig's directing it, right? So it's going to be at least interesting, right? There's going to be something different going on. And then with Streets of Rage, it's the fucking John Wick guy. So again, like back up and like give them room to work and let, let them do their thing. If you're telling me they're going to basically take John Wick type combat action sequences and put that into the streets of rage, you know, it's barely even a universe, right? It's just a bunch of guys on the street beating the shit out of each other. But I'm down for that. Yeah, Why of not? Rage, I think it's such a thin plot that you put that in there, like, you know, the cops or whatever going against the crime infested underworld and all that shit. And they're just fucking walking the streets, picking up motorcycles and slamming on pizza people. That sounds great. That's another one, though, where they got to keep the music. They got to take the original streets of rage soundtrack. I want to hear like the full, you know, cinematic version of the streets of rage soundtrack because that was a banger as well. Gary, I can't wait to see if Streets of Rage and Minecraft with Aquaman pan out, but those movies are so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. And if you're buying any of these games on the Epic Game Store, use creator code Kind of Funny. Lego Builder's Journey is out today on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Scourgebringer is on PlayStation 5. Neptunia Cross Senran Kagura Ninja Wars is on Switch. Warstride Challenges is on PC in early access. Uh, Winter Ember is on PC. The Iron Oath is on PC. And then WWE 2K22 just put out a patch. It has the full NXT 2.0 arena and the supporting broadcast packages. Uh, it added game-wide options for graphic settings on PC. It put in a bunch of fixes, including improved consistency of superstar run-ins in storylines. So perhaps Joey Noel will not try to ruin all of KFW Midday Mayhem next week like she did on today's episode. If you want to go check that out on youtube.com slash games. Deals of the day for you. I got an Xbox Game Pass update. Xbox writes, I'm excited to share that we're working with Ubisoft to bring even more incredible games to the Xbox Game Pass library. In the next two months, Assassin's Creed Origins will join the library for cloud console and PC via the U Ubisoft Connect app. We will also bring For Honor Marching Fire Edition to PC via Ubisoft Connect app and upgrade the Marching Fire Edition for cloud and console. 
that wasn't enough for you today on xbox game pass you can get f1 2021 on cloud you can get need for speed hot pursuit remastered on cloud and you can get turn up boy uh commits tax evasion sorry i didn't put in the full thing there uh, on xbox game pass april 26th you can get seven days to die on cloud console and pc and uh research and destroy on console and pc then on april 28th you get bugs next cloud console pc and then unsold console and pc gary we ask everybody watching to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to be supporters to watch us do the post show to get the show ad free and be able to write in for things like squad up today frank furter is squatting up and where does frank furter want some help in real life at pax east frank furter writes what's up everybody Tomorrow, I'll be inbound for PAX East, and we'll be there until Sunday, looking to meet any of the fellow kind of funny best friends in attendance. I know a handful that are going, but want to meet as many of you beautiful people as I can. Hit me up on Twitter or whatever social media works best for you, and we can find a time to meet up or get a beer. Looking forward to seeing you all there. Frank Furter, F-R-A-N-K-F-U-R-T-T-E-R. If you're going to PAX East and you want to hang out with Frank Furter, hit him up on any of the social medias there and wash your hands and wear a mask. And I don't care that they say don't wear a mask on a plane, wear a mask on a plane. Gary, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. Um, Sissa says, earlier today, the ninth expansion to World of Warcraft called Dragon Flight was announced. And also, the Wrath of the Lich King expansion was announced to be coming to World of Warcraft Classic this year. So, missed news there for you. Congratulations. And that's, then- a, that's, a, that's another one where I sometimes feel, I feel very, I often feel very nostalgic about World of Warcraft. And anytime there's a new expansion, I'm like, oh man, imagine if I'd have stuck with it. Like, I'd be playing World of Warcraft. I mean, I, I was playing World of Warcraft in the beta. And I was in a hardcore raiding guild for for many years back in the day. And I think Cataclysm was the last update that I played before I finally dropped out. So quite quite a long time ago. Games obviously (laughs) changed a lot since then. And sometimes I think maybe I should get back into it. But no, it's like, no, it's in the pie. I have, I have very, very fond memories of, of, of Warcraft. So hard and to jump back into a big game. I don't know. I honestly don't even know what kind of state the game is in these days. I know that there's a lot of unhappy players for various. I mean, there always are. It's an MMO. But I know that, that, that it's, I feel like it's not. I don't know if if uh, anyone would tell you who's been playing it for many years that it's gotten better in in in, it's, in, in the last few years. It's I, I, there's been some creative decisions I know they made that have pissed a lot of people off in the narrative and stuff like that. So I don't miss it. I do, but I'm not going back. I can't go back, Greg. That's how I feel about DC. I love DC Universe Online, but there's just too much that's happened for me to go and understand what's going on. And then the final "you're wrong" is just another mixed thing, a missed thing. Uh, J Full Chromex uh, says out today, uh, Power Pack Challenge Series on Fortnite via Battle Pass. Don't forget to use Kind of Funny when buying V Bucks for the Battle Pass. That's right, Epic Game Store, and of course, any Epic uh, made game you can use Kind of Funny there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's another episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily in the books. Let's talk about who's hosting the rest of the week uh, tomorrow. It will be Blessing and Shannon Lau from the Washington Post Thursday and Friday. It'll be me and Tim motherfucking Gettys. Uh, of course, Gary and I aren't done. We're going to go to patreon.com slash games and record a post show you can hear whenever you want to over there. Of course, you can support us. You can get the show ad free. You get it with the post show. You get these benefits and more for PSL Love You, XOXO, and a number of other different kind of funny podcasts. Uh, however, if you have no bucks to start away, no big deal. YouTube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe each and every week. For now, we're signing off. Uh, you're gonna be if you're here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, you can watch the one, the only 
Snowbike Mike and Sad Boy Barrett continue their adventure on MLB the show. The Bash Brothers, of course, we're in po- we're gonna go do the thing I was talking about the post show, and we're all gonna have a good time. Kevin's gonna have some lunch eventually, and we'll talk about it later. For now, though, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>